You are so loved by God. Do you realize how precious? I was just feeling such a sense of God's glory just resting in him. Just saying, you are so precious, my beloved, incredible people. You are so precious. I just feel he wants us to know that and remember that this morning. And I love what we were singing. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. And yes, like physical things being healed, but also I could... I feel God saying this morning, he's going to do great things in our minds, in our souls, in our emotions. And I can see a lot of us with yokes on our necks. Not like egg yolk, but like the wooden cow's yolk in the olden days when they would put this heavy thing on your neck. And I can see lots of us with yokes of fear, of intimidation, of oppression, fear of non-Christians, fear of the world. And just the glory of God, the anointing of the Lord. You know, it says in Isaiah that the anointing of God destroys the yokes. And I love that verse. It's such a good truth. Now, I want a show of hands this morning. Stick your hand up if you want more of God's blessing in your life. Yes. Okay. We want more of God's blessing. And we want more of God's glory resting on, upon our lives. And if you think about the churches in the world, the places in the world where the Christians are most blessed, you know, where if you were to go into their youth groups, their teenagers, you see it on videos on YouTube of teenagers just weeping, worshipping Jesus on their knees, hundreds of teenagers, that's a sign of God's blessing, of people just on fire for Jesus, having just such a close sense of Jesus with them, being used by Jesus to see people saved. Where are those places that are so blessed like that? Yeah. Yeah, Andy says where there's suffering is true. You think of China, um, North Korea, Iran. We've got some amazing Iranian Persian friends here. These places where there's persecution, there is blessing. And this morning we're looking at this amazing promise that if you are persecuted... You are blessed. We often think of persecution and blessing as opposites. But no, this passage that Susie just read out says, the second you are persecuted, there's an automatic blessing on your life. And not only that, God's glory rests on your life. That's in um, the next chapter in 4, 1 Peter 4, 14. God's glory rests on your life the second that you are persecuted. What an amazing promise. And God's blessing is the most precious thing we could have. You think of Abraham, of King David. Why were they just their lives so amazing? It was just is the blessing of God upon their lives. And Peter promises here, if you are persecuted, there is an automatic blessing. And Peter isn't saying that we should seek after persecution and look for it and go and annoy people on purpose. But, when it does come, we will be blessed. So, if you want to grab your Bibles, because we're literally just going to look at four verses. It's page 1219. So we're just going to look at four verses really quickly. I'm not going to speak for long. And then I would love us to pray to that the anointing of God would smash these yokes off of us. And that we would begin to rise up as people that can cause a bit of trouble in this world. Amen. I love what in Acts 17... These people, these um, Jewish people, they said, these, those Christians who've caused trouble all over the world have come here also. 
and they hated them. And, and I want that to be said of us. Those Christchurch Barnet people that have caused trouble all over Barnet, that have turned Barnet upside down. <laughs> because we know that when some people will hate us, actually there will be just as many people who smell the fragrance of Christ in us, who adore us, who love us, whose eyes are open to Jesus and who get rescued and saved. So, this is exciting stuff. So, we're just going to look at four little verses. And Peter is talking here to some Christians who are fairly comfortable. They've had little bits of persecution, but actually, similar to us, they were kind of pre-persecution. They were pre-Emperor Nero coming. That was about to happen, where they were about to have a really tough time. And Peter is prophesying to them, saying, guys, get ready. There's about to be more persecution in your life, and you must not be afraid, and you will be blessed, I promise you. And do you know what? I really feel, and I know a lot of us here feel this, that's the same situation we're in. We, we've lived relatively comfortable lives, but it's actually stepping up the persecution. It's getting harder and harder and harder to, to say, to declare to this world, there is only one way to God. One way. The other ways are great, they may look lovely, but they are completely wrong. They will never get you to God. There is only one way to God, and that is Jesus Christ. That's what we believe, and that's what we must say. There is only one way, and it's getting harder. It's getting harder every year for us to say that in this culture. In this culture that is obsessed with tolerance, apart from if you're a Christian. (laughs) It's so true. It's obsessed with tolerance, Apart from if you have a Christian viewpoint. And that's basically it. It's going to get harder for us to say. The Bible says that marriage is between a man and a woman. God loves people so much. But marriage is between a man and a woman. That's biblical marriage. And as we say these things, as we stand in God's word, we're going to get more and more persecuted. And we're going to get more and more blessed. And God's glory is going to rest on us. And we mustn't be afraid. So here's the first thing we're going to look at. Verse 13. It says this. This is a funny verse that I, I didn't quite know what it meant. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? Now it looks like Peter's just saying, surely if you live a good life, then people won't do bad stuff to you. Which is often true. Actually, commentators say, Peter's saying something much deeper than that. He's saying, if you are a child of God, if you belong to Jesus, then in the end of the day, no one can do anything bad to you. Yeah, they might lock you up in prison. They might take your land away, your house away, like what happens in other countries. But in the end of the day, you are safe for eternity. If you're a child of God who does good, At the end of the day, you are completely safe. This is the first thing I want to say. We need to just realize we are safe, even if our neighbors sometimes hate us. (laughs) I've got non-Christian neighbors on both sides, and we're the same to both of them. One of them, they love us, they adore us. The other side, they absolutely hate us. And we've never done anything bad. And I've, I've asked them, basically, why do you hate us? <laughs> I knocked on the door, why do you hate us? 
Uh, and there is a real hatred there. And the only thing I can f- find is that we are spirit-filled Christians, that we're full of Jesus. And there is something in them that hates it, hates it. And interestingly, they've got a kind of religious root in their life, a religious Christian past. When the other side are Sikh and, and Hindu, and they adore us, they love us. But we're the same. We're the same people to both sides. One smells the fragrance of Christ and loves us. The other smells the fragrance of death in us. They, they, think, they just think we're horrible. But I know whatever people do to us, it's okay. It's okay for people not to like you. Yeah, Those people do not like me. I, even though I try and be so kind. Um, my mum is the most kind, generous lovely woman you could never ever and met <laughs> these guys know my mum you could never ever get cross with my mum I, I promise you there's not an offensive part in her unless you're my gran <laughs> <laughs> so my gran has gone to church her whole life an Anglo-Catholic church got nothing against that she's sat in the same pew her whole life fiercely religious in a way but she has always been so nasty to my mum and but loves my uncle, who goes to her same church. And now, for the last two years, my mum can't even talk to my gran. They live like half a mile up the road from each other. And it's so sad. It's so sad. And lots of really difficult things are happening. And it is purely the only thing is that my mum is filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. She is baptized with fire. And when she goes near my gran, when I go near my gran, my gran contorts and shrivels up. It's like a slug with salt. There's something in her. It's horrible. And it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but it's not. It is literally like that. She's got this religious spirit in her, and she cannot stand me or my mom or my brothers or my dad. She cannot stand us. It's, it's her, it's, it is amazing. Yet we've only ever been kind and loving. And that is a really mild kind of form of persecution. Yeah, we'll probably miss out on... I mean, she's a very wealthy lady. And we'll, she's giving everything to my mum's brother, my uncle. It's because we love Jesus. And I want to be filled with the Spirit. And I want His blessing. I don't want to live for all that rubbish. I want Jesus. So that's the first thing. You are safe. Even It's okay when people don't like you. It's okay. It's okay for us if people in High Barnet hate us sometimes. That is okay. We need to live with that. 2 Corinthians, Paul says, and he was persecuted more than anyone, all of our light and momentary afflictions are far outweighed by the glory of God. And he was hated and he was beaten and literally almost killed. He said it's just light and momentary afflictions. (laughs) His back was bloodied and covered in scars. It would have been awful, the pain. He said it's just light, it's nothing compared to the glory of God. So that's the first thing. We are completely safe. Whatever happens, we can relax. We're safe. The second thing, in verse 14. So have a look at verse 14. But even if you should suffer suffer for what is right you are blessed you are blessed 
This is an automatic promise of blessing. As soon as someone hates you for being a Christian, as soon as someone persecutes you, I know that because my grand kind of hates me for being a, a follower of Jesus, I am more blessed. It's amazing. Um, Matthew 5.12 says, Jesus said, Blessed are you when people insult you. People in Barnet will insult us. When they persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. People in Barnet will make things up about you and me. And that's okay. Because as soon as the second they do that, a blessing comes upon your life in a new way. Jesus says, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. And by the way, heaven there means the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't just mean when you die. In the kingdom of heaven, you are blessed. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, I, Michelle and I used to have this old car that was given to us as a free gift. And in Guernsey, where we lived, where I grew up, it's wonderful because there's no such thing as an MOT. It's so good. And you can drive, as long as it's got four wheels, or even three, uh, as long as it... As long as it moves from A to B, you can drive it, and it's so good. So we would usually just have free cars. I mean, the speed limit's 35 miles an hour, tops. So we had this old car that was given to us, and it was just falling apart, and we really wanted a new car, and just wanted to, to get rid of it, but no one would ever buy it. And one day, this terrible but wonderful thing happened. I was driving along, and someone came out and smashed into me. No one was hurt, and... My first reaction was a bit like persecution. Oh, this is, this is just painful and annoying because now our car's written off. But within a few seconds, in my mind, we're like, ching, 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 pound signs, <laughs> ching, ching, ching. <laughs> and I started celebrating. And th- it was this man from a cleaning company in this cleaning car. And because he crashed into me, he had to pay me like hundreds and hundreds, of, way more I think it was only 700 pounds, but that car was completely worthless. <laughs> and for us in those days, that was such a, such a valuable blessing. And I was like, yes, or thank you for my car being written off. It was such a blessing. <laughs> now, honestly, so many times after that, I've, I've just like hoped that someone's just going to slide out and hit into me and get a new car. It's exactly like that with God's blessing. As soon as someone in your workplace or your neighbor, literally something demonic in them, hates what is in you. They cannot stand you. That's like that car crash. Instantly, God's saying, ching, 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 ching. Blessing on your life. Blessing on your life. Blessing on your life. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the blessings that we see in, in persecuted countries where the glory of God rests upon people where our teenagers are on their knees weeping for Jesus in worship, lost in worship. That, to me, is true blessing. That's what I want for my children. Where people are becoming Christians every day or every week. And not just Christians that just make it a hobby in their life to come to church. No, Christians who are completely radical for Jesus, given over to Jesus, living holy lives. So verse 14 says, we are blessed when we're persecuted. And the next one, just two more, then I'm going to finish. So the next one, oh sorry, actually this is, sorry, this is still part of the same one, the blessing one. Just jump to 
4.14. So we just looked at 3.14. Look at 4.14. And when I read this this week, I felt full of excitement. It says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. So Peter really wants to hammer this home. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now, the reason this has made me excited is because lately, the last few months, I've become obsessed with this truth of the glory of God. You know when revivals, you read about revivals happening where God moves on, an, uh, on a city and all the churches are just people queuing to get in and the glory of the Lord rests upon it. A bit like when Moses said to God, God, show me your glory. And his glory came and passed by Moses. A bit like Solomon's temple when he dedicated the temple and the glory of the Lord filled the temple so much so that the priests couldn't even do their work. A bit like when Jesus was on the mountain and Peter, Peter was asleep on the floor because Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. And the word, um, there's this amazing word doxa which means glory. Peter saw the glory of Jesus. And I've become obsessed with this theme of the glory of God. I want it more than anything else. For the glory of the Lord to rest upon us as a people. That would truly transform Barnet. Transform Barnet. And this, in this verse, Peter is promising, if you are hated by people, if you are persecuted, then celebrate because the glory of the Lord is going to rest upon you in a new way. Wow. <laughs> that is so exciting. The glory of the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, For Christ's sake, I, I delight in weaknesses. I delight in insults. So we, can, we might be insulted, but we can delight in it. In hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's when we're weak, that's when the glory of the Lord wants to come. This thing about the glory of the Lord, I don't totally understand it yet, but what I, I think I understand it is, it's an environment. So the glory of God isn't God himself, but it's, it's an environment where the presence of the Lord is just so free to move, where the Holy Spirit creates an environment where we are so close to God in our hearts and in our minds and in our bodies. And I just long for that more, the glory of the Lord. The third one, Verse 14, so if you jump back to chapter 3, verse 14. Do not fear their threats and do not be frightened. Do not be frightened. The enemy has a plan to put these yokes on us, to bind us with fear. To think, oh, I must live to please this person. Or if that person doesn't like me, if, I, if they're annoyed with me or they hate me, then this might happen and this might happen and there'll be these repercussions. The enemy is trying to make us a fear-filled people. But today, God wants to bring his anointing to destroy those yokes of fear. We are only meant to fear one thing, one person, and that is God. And you know, even when, when Jesus' disciples feared a storm, he rebuked them. Like, I think fearing a storm is quite a legitimate thing when you're in a boat and Jesus is asleep. But Jesus rebuked them. He woke up and he rebuked them. Why are you afraid of this storm? 
you have such little faith. You rebuke them for being afraid of the storm because we are only allowed to be afraid of one person, one thing, and that is Jesus himself. We need a holy fear of the Lord in our hearts. And the enemy has made some of us very afraid. We don't realize it. We don't know it. We are afraid of what people, our neighbors, our streets, people in our schools, our workplace, what they think of us. And today Jesus is coming to destroy those yokes. We are going to today rise up in courage. It's okay if people hate us and persecute us. John 15, Jesus says, If they persecuted me, they will persecute you too. So just as some people might hate us, honestly, more people will adore us. And they will smell the fragrance of Christ in us. And the last thing I want to say is verse 14 and 15 together. It says this, Don't, Do not be fear of their... Do not um, fear their threats. Do not be frightened. And this is the bit. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That's the NIV. In other versions, it says this weird jargon. It says, sanctify the Lord in your hearts. And I think in some ways, it's, that makes it more of a thing. More of, it sounds more of an amazing thing. Sanctify the Lord in your hearts. What does that mean? It basically means all of us have a view of Jesus in our hearts. All of us have a picture of God in our hearts. But the problem is, most of the time, I think, our image of God in our hearts is so minuscule, so puny, so small, so often. And God wants us, he's saying here, Peter's saying, have a massive view of Christ in your hearts. Be filled with awe at God. Be filled with a holy fear of the Lord. Be distracted by Him, not by people. Now there's an interesting thing here. We, we know that we're called to love people, don't we? We know that. But I, I'm convinced that actually, often people are a lot bigger in our hearts. And yeah, we're committed to loving people, but I think often we love people a lot more than we love God. We fear people more than we fear God. Here's an interesting thing. Throughout the Old Testament, whenever God saved his people Israel, he would say to them this. And it almost sounds a bit offensive. He would say, guys, do you realize I'm not saving you and blessing you for your sake? He says it again and again and again. I'm saving you, I'm blessing you, I'm rescuing you for my sake. Okay, we, we love people in Barnet, not ultimately not for their sake, not for them. It's ultimately for the glory of God. We need a big view. Do, do, we, do we know in our hearts that creation, people, the world has been made not for us, not so that people would be happy? Yes, that's a good thing and lots of people will be happy. God loves us and he wants us to be happy. But foremost, before anything else, we are created for His glory, for Him. Actually, the world and history isn't actually about us being happy. Yes, He's a good Father and he, of course He wants us to be happy. But that is not what it's about. The reason why He loves you and He loves people in Barnet and wants to save us and bless us is that He would be glorified, that He would be honored and adored. It's about Him. 
It was never about us. It was never about the lost people of Barnet. It's all about his glory. And in order for him to be glorified, yes, he is so loving. So much so that you can say he is love. God is love. Because his predominant force towards us is always love. It's always kindness. It's always goodness. And he is a good father and he's incredible to us. But it's certainly not about us. It never was. It never will be. And I have a suspicion that in our hearts we've made it too much about people. That we fear people way too much. Actually, the universe isn't about people. It's about the glory of God. It's not about people being happy. It's not about people being fulfilled. It's about His glory and us being fulfilled in Him. Marriage will never make people fulfilled. We need to be fulfilled in Him. Different things that the world is seeking after and fighting for, it won't fulfill people. We can only find it in Him. It's for the glory of God. Let me just quickly pray for us before I I finish. Lord, I just pray right now that you would unleash an awesome view of you in our hearts. That we would spend time in our bedrooms bowing down and weeping at the glory of the Lord. Lord, we know you're a God of love and you, you treat us with nothing but love and kindness. But it's not about us. It's not about us feeling nice. It's not about people. It's about you. Your glory. And I just pray you would unleash a fresh view of your glory in our hearts, in our lives right now. Thank you, Jesus. And out of that, Lord, help us to love people as a secondary thing. But let it be a secondary thing. Loving you first, then loving people. So just to conclude, we often think that persecution and suffering is the opposite to God's blessing. Actually, the second you are persecuted for Christ, you are blessed more and more and more. And Jesus today wants to set us free from fear and intimidation. Let's rise up as a people that cause some trouble. Let's cause a stir in Barnet. Let's have people talking about those weird Christians who offered to pray for the sick and who believe that there's only one way to God and there's no other way to God. Let's cause a stir. Let's... Let's be okay if some people despise us because actually I believe many more people will adore us and love us because they will see and sense Christ. So I just would love us maybe to stand to respond to this if you want to stand. And I would just love to pray again that the yoke, the yoke of fear would be broken. So if you would like to respond, if you feel like there's some sort of fear in your life, of what people think of you. Just lift out your hands and God's just going to come and he's going to break the yoke. Smash the yoke. Destroy the yoke. Lord, thank you you're here by your glory and your anointing is here. So I speak to every yoke of fear, every yoke of intimidation, every yoke of insecurity on these precious children of God. And I smash them off in the name of Jesus. I speak to every yoke and I command you to be gone right now. These are the courageous, fearless children of God 
who are going to do radical exploits for their king, for his glory. So I command every fear to, every, every fear to be smashed, every yoke to be smashed in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, yokes, you have to leave. Be gone. And Lord, I ask for the baptism of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that Peter was terrified until he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. He was hiding away and denying Christ. And then he was baptized and he stood up and preached about Christ. Lord, come and baptize us with your beautiful Holy Spirit. Come and fill us. Come and move upon us. Thank you, Jesus.